You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I'm your host Shashin and today I invited Suresh Sardagopan, founder at Leather 7 Financial Advisors to talk about shifting from a regular mutual fund plan to a direct mutual fund plan. He takes us through the journey of shifting from a regular to a direct plan and the various implication it has. Suresh also tells us who should opt for a direct plan and who shouldn't. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Suresh, uh, thank you for coming to our episode. Uh, how has your day been? What have you been doing over the weekend? Just let us know. Yeah, I mean, the uh, weekend has been slightly hectic. I had to visit my mother who is in another place. So, uh, and uh, yeah, there is a birthday coming up, so I had to do some shopping for uh, somebody. So, it has been hectic, but a uh, lot of reading also. I mean, SEBI has asked us to appear for the exam that is the 10A10B exams NIS and 10A10B exams so a bit of uh, brushing up on that so that's how i have spent uh, my weekend uh, i mean i don't have any complaints it was uh, a packed day for me so i mean no complaints at all tomorrow i'm giving the exam incidentally oh wow so this this is a very <laughs> you know big commitment then you have exam tomorrow and you're <laughs> agreeing for a podcast today so thank you so much yeah Well, I mean, we are in this. I am in this practice for the for the past nineteen years. Uh, making me write an exam is actually very very unfair. But that's how the regulation is. But yeah, I mean, uh, it uh, it's not so difficult to prepare for this exam. I'm just just lightly brushing up. That's all. That's it. That's it. Okay. So, uh, Suresh, you know, we wrote one article about uh, how people can shift from uh, a regular plan to a direct plan and. So for users who don't understand what a regular and a direct plan is there is no need to worry Suresh will explain this uh, in detail uh, in a simplified way for you but uh, the thing is lot of people have so many more questions they were not able to you know comprehend the article very much so so yeah we just wanted to set the context right so that's why we have invited uh, Suresh for this episode so Suresh let's just start by talking you know What does it mean uh, to shift from a regular to a direct mutual fund plan? So, what's the difference between a direct plan and a regular mutual fund plan? Yeah, I think Sachin, I'll start by uh, I mean actually uh, setting the context in terms of what is a regular plan, what is a direct plan, why was a direct plan created in the first place? Um, so, as far as a, a regular plan is concerned, as it is called. Uh, these are all distributor-led or commissionable uh, products. I am talking uh, essentially in the context of uh, mutual funds, where regular plans and direct plans exist. Now, what is a direct plan? A direct plan is the same exact same mutual fund with exactly the same portfolio, but uh, but there is no commission attached to that. Uh, so the uh, expense which they charge towards that particular scheme is comparatively lower uh, to account for the commissions. now why was this created this was uh, essentially created in 2013 so for every mutual fund that you are able to see uh, whether it is a large cap fund or a mid cap fund or a thematic fund or any fund any fund at all in the entire gamut of uh, entire universe of mutual fund schemes you will find there is a direct plan and you will find there is a regular plan so as far as direct plans are cre- uh, concerned they were created in 2013 by sebi 
they were uh, uh, they had mandated all the amcs to come up with a direct plan uh, version which is non commissionable lower in terms of charges uh, there were two motivations uh, from the sebi side they felt that there are uh, there are certain investors uh, who are in a position to do the things by themselves there are many people who are doing uh, uh, the investment by themselves and if they are actually not going through an intermediary and they are doing it themselves they should get the benefit of that lower cost uh, which uh, which should be excluding the commission because they are going directly to the mutual fund house so that was one of the uh, thinking so if i am a do it yourself investor and i know enough to uh, invest on my own in a mutual fund i can choose a direct plan so that is one uh but this uh, uh this class of uh, people are actually a very very small minority a lot of people tend to think that they know everything but uh, i would uh, rate the number of people who really know everything that is to know in terms of investment and uh, the ability to do it directly is probably maybe 2% or 1% the rest of them 98 99% requires somebody to actually do that so that somebody can be one Uh, a distributor a mutual fund distributor uh, who is getting an embedded uh, commission i mean uh, any product which is bought uh, through them there is a commission which will come back to them uh, but at the same time these people also uh, uh, service their clients uh, they will do the reporting and they will also uh, help them to choose the appropriate fund in line with their goals so uh, it is not that uh, uh, mutual fund distributor is earning a commission for nothing i mean they will be doing also a good job in terms of what uh, product you need to uh, select and thereby aligning your risk and goals with the kind of uh, scheme that you are choosing so this is one so suresh just no, uh, I, the... i just wanted to interrupt you on this part so uh, so just to simplify for our readers uh, when you choose a direct plan suresh is saying it will uh, charge a lower comm- commission because you are buying the mutual fund directly from the amc company there is no commission there is no commission, there there, is no commission. Yeah, yeah. so there is no commission and hence your return would also be higher but in case you go through a distributor where there is a middleman you know distributing the product then he has to get some comm- commission and and that's where you end up paying more uh, expenses and as a result your uh, return might be a slightly lower but the point suresh is making is that okay this is fine you are getting a higher return by choosing a low cost product but how do you decide if you know which mutual fund to select for your, yourself so suresh on this point i i can uh, we can assume that lot of people think that they are quali- qualified to choose mutual fund themselves right so but how do we like is there any way to gauge you know if we uh, indeed require a financial advisor distributor or we should go directly on our own so just you know just some yeah. way to decide on this uh, part yeah yeah so i was talking about the distributor so there is another reason why i mean before coming to uh, the question that you posed uh, to me i want to uh, talk about the second portion of why sebi came out uh, with this so sebi also in 2013 they created a class of uh, investment advisors registered investment advisors who were going to offer advice to the public at large uh, uh, for a fee okay so now if they are going to charge a fee for advice uh, then they should not be and they are not supposed to earn commissions or brokerage or uh, any other uh, indirect means they are supposed to directly be on the client side and directly charge a fee 
so uh, they created a this class of product called direct plans where there is no embedded commission which is obviously lower in terms of charges from the uh, customer's point of view and which is an ideal product for the investment advisor to deal with because they are choosing a lower cost product they are directly charging the uh, fee to the client so what uh, sebi attempted to do by this is that on one hand people who are very well aware they can do it by themselves without uh, going to an advisor or to a distributor they can do it by themselves all the rest of them the bulk of the majority they should ideally go to uh, uh, either a distributor in a regular plan or they should come to a proper advisor who will for a fee he uh, he or she will be able to advise that uh, particular client so this is the thought with which uh, sebi had created uh, these two categories of product so what is the question you posed sachin so the question was you know like uh, how does a person decide if he should go directly and invest by his own knowledge or uh, uh, does he require you know does he or she require an advisor or a distributor to hand hand hold them so uh, how how does somebody decide you know if he has the appropriate knowledge for choosing direct or uh, regular yeah uh, so i will go slightly beyond uh, just the mutual fund uh, to answer this because uh, we are really uh, putting in lot of uh, time and effort in terms of actually earning that money i mean whichever whether it is a salary or any other business income or any other way we are putting in a lot of effort i mean after say 21 or 22 we get into the workforce and we are working for maybe under 40 years so we are actually uh, taking uh, we are ta- we have to take this seriously i mean we are taking our career seriously but uh, most of them are not really giving enough time in terms of uh, understanding the finances putting the money properly what are the goals what kind of liquidity what kind of product what is the kind of risk i mean most of the people are not aware okay just because they have heard something from uh, some uh, a friend of theirs or they are uh, they are reading a brochure or somebody has written an article they go as per that i mean whatever is ca- available in the public domain need not necessarily be suitable for an individual situation and that is precisely why you require a proper blueprint and an advisor so a blueprint is required for everything actually where we uh, we won't dream of actually building a house without a blueprint right we go to an architect we get the blueprint and then we we go to a civil contractor and get it uh, constructed uh, somehow in the case of our personal finance uh, we seem to uh, think that okay we can just uh, directly source the bricks and cement and we can construct ourselves so that's ex- exactly what is happening here so uh, most of the people may assume that they know how to do it but the fact is that uh, this is a specialized area just like a medical area or a legal area or a architecture area i mean this is actually a very specialized area and people have to realize that it is not very easy to do these all by themselves i mean a short, small small minority can do it but typically speaking they really cannot uh, do it i mean you may understand the product but is that the right product for you in your situation you require an advisor without an advisor you really cannot do it and that's the uh, focal point that i want to convey to your uh, readers it's not about returns it is not about uh, uh, i mean it is not about the taxation it is not about anything else those things are all important but the most important thing is the advice got and uh, so before we you know uh, get into the taxation and you know selling and selling the existing regular mutual fund and converting to a direct plan what are the implications just before going into that part i just wanted to ask suresh so uh, 
माई क्वेश्चन इज दी रजिस्टर्ड इन्वेस्टमेंट एडवाइजर यू नो सो देर आर ओनली कपल ऑट थाउजेंड इवन लेस दैन थाउजेंड थाउजेंड मे बी अप्रोक्सीमेटली नाइन हंड्रेड रजिस्टर्ड इन्वेस्टमेंट एडवाइजर फॉर दी होल ऑफ इंडिया सो इट्स इट्स नॉट पॉसिबल फॉर यू नो यू गाइज टू कैटर टू दी लार्ज पॉपुलेशन सो आई एम एज्यूमिंग your clients must be the high net worth individuals uh, investing at least a crore uh, kind of a corpus so that is not accessible to everyone and what the large population is left with is you know to uh, for advice is the distributor but just want to understand from you uh, since the distributors commission is linked uh, directly to what product they sell how uh, you know how credible is their advice uh, how does the how does it work yeah so uh, i'll start with the first thing that you said that are, that is there are less than 1000 uh, investment advisors uh, uh, which is absolutely true i mean the number of advisors the country has to go up by a huge factor before we are able to uh, make ourselves really accessible to the population at large uh see at the same time there are a lot of people who are really looking at uh maybe goal based advice and i mean uh, basically life touch advice which is what uh, essentially the mutual fund distributors are doing okay so mutual fund distributors uh, are more than a lakh today so they are far more accessible from the general public at large as compared to rias at this point in time i mean let us not get into why ria population currently is so low there are quite a few factors including regulatory factors because of which it is actually uh, pretty low so let us not really get into that x from a uh, the requirements of people are going to be uh, different and some may require uh, a registered investment advisor and a lot of them will be able to access a, a mutual fund distributor and get the appropriate suitable uh, advice in terms of where they should invest to meet their goals so uh, so that that is there so they have to really choose uh what where they want to go which uh, which intermediary they need to go to so that's a choice left to the uh, individual uh, investor themselves got it so suresh my uh, point was like how credible is their um, okay. uh, advice coming from the since you know they are not as heavily regulated as the ris and there are a lot of people who are distributors so just wondering uh, Uh, understood understood i think it's a very very good question uh, so as far as uh, distributors are concerned yes uh, they are an agent of a principal suppose there is a mutual fund distributor who is distributing for example hdfc or icici or any of this uh, amc's product uh, that is the principal and they are uh, agents of a principal okay uh, so they get paid from the principal in fact uh, they also have uh, maybe i mean at a loose loosely speaking they may have targets and things like that which uh, they take upon themselves from uh, on on various uh, schemes it can happen so uh, there is every incentive from their point of view in terms of actually selling the product so they are what they are doing largely is selling the products to the uh, clients at large so uh, the, they are uh, come they are coming under what is called a suitability standard that is if uh, the product that they are actually giving to a client is largely suitable to what they are looking for for example suppose somebody is looking for uh, help in terms of uh, children's education okay 
and they are putting uh, they are giving some uh, ch- children gift fund or something like that uh, then i think they have uh, kind of uh, discharged that res- their responsibility towards their client uh, so that is a suitability thing so they have matched what is really required by the client with an appropriate product in the case of a, a registered investment advisor we are bound by the fiduciary standard in the case of a fiduciary standard as opposed to the suitability standard we have to look at all the products in uh, let us say the mutual fund and uh, apart from the mutual fund which will actually help us to uh, help us to help that particular client in meeting the particular goal requirement so it may be mutual funds it may be mutual funds plus or uh, maybe a ppf it may be mutual fund plus ppf plus some other product so we have to choose the appropriate product not only in terms of cost but in terms of suitability in terms of various other parameters so we have to do things which are most appropriate from the client point of view having said this i am not trying to uh, even insinuate that mutual fund distributors are jipping their clients there are going to be good guys there are going to be bad guys everywhere largely speaking mutual fund distributors also will be doing a good job for the client and i'll tell you why mostly uh, they have good intentions most of them uh, see these are people who have a long term client relationship with their client some may have 20 25 year 30 year kind of a client relationship and those people who intend to have a long term client relationship which is almost everybody they really cannot jip the client and then go back to them later on i mean sooner or later the client will understand that they have been uh, for duped so whatever you are hearing about some people some distributor fooling the client or some distributor doing something inappropriate whatever that is uh, that is not the norm see sometimes these kind of things there are always bad apples uh, everywhere so just because they have uh, subjected they are subjecting themselves to a lower standard does not mean they are doing inappropriate things uh, for the client that is not where i am coming from i was a distributor at one point in time before transitioning to an advisor so i mean i never did anything inappropriate from the client point of view i mean i can definitely say that with a open heart and i'm sure a bulk of the distributors are doing the same thing because they want to keep their clients got it got it so uh, you know uh, if you decide to go through a distributor then uh, just make sure that you are comfortable with the person and you know and just because some people are uh, there are always as sures at bad apples in the group but that doesn't mean it's the norm so but anyways choose your distributor carefully and uh, and yeah that's it but uh, sures coming to the more important part i think which we have been delaying for a while so if a person decides to change from a regular to a direct mutual fund mutual fund plan uh, i heard there are some implications uh, like they have to pay taxes and uh, like there needs to be some kind of a calculation to gauge if that is uh, you know uh, if it actually makes sense uh, from a, a monetary point of view so can we start with equity mutual funds uh, what's the process like how do you think when you know deciding to convert from a regular to a direct plan uh yeah so again i'll have to go back a bit and uh, before answering your question in the sense that i mean if you are going to change from regular to direct i suppose the person who is wanting to do that has a real reason for that the reason can be that now i have realized that i i know enough as far as the mutual funds are concerned or about investments in general to be able to do everything on my own so if that is a realization that has suddenly come up 
then a move from regular to direct can be contemplated the second is you have uh, you have figured out over a period of time that i have accumulated some serious wealth i mean if you have 5 lakh or 10 lakh wealth i they, anything goes i mean you can do it on yourself you can do it by yourself the the rupee uh, rupee value of the gains or the rupee value of the losses or any uh, uh, any kind of uh, uh, i mean whatever you are trying uh, the rupee value will not be very high but if the amount that you are dealing with the wealth that you are dealing with is let us say 1 and 1/2 to 2 crores for example even a small error can be several lakhs of rupees so at at a particular point in time people understand they they really require somebody who can help them so that is a point when they want an advisor and they want to move to a direct plan okay so uh, in that situation they will go for a direct plan so now when they want to uh, now let us look at the former as far as the person who realizes that he or she is uh, really adept at uh, investments and they want to do it all by themselves what they need to do is uh, there are two things one is the product that they are invested in may not be doing well if the product is inherently not doing well which happens all the time even for uh, carefully put together portfolio by advisors sometimes the products we have chosen with a particular view point is not doing well so that is why we do a portfolio review and we change from one uh, product to another uh, product in the same category so that happens from time to time so uh, one of the things which a very informed investor can do is that they can move from regular plan to a direct plan because the particular product is not really currently doing well so in which case then they have uh, it, there is no question of taxation there is no question of any charge or anything else you have to anyway do it because otherwise the portfolio is going to lag in any case so that you will have to do uh, the second thing is assuming that uh, the product is doing well suppose you have x scheme and that scheme is doing extremely well then you will have to look at what is the tax implication let us take the case of equity which you asked me about in the case of equity if it is beyond 1 year uh, you uh, the first 1 uh, 1 lakh of capital uh, capital gains it is not taxed as per the uh, current regulations and uh, as per the current tax laws and beyond that it is 10% without indexation okay so that that is there that's a cost uh, but uh, we are we are really fussing too much about the taxation uh, but if you look at the various other products which are available uh, what you actually pay in the especially in the case of equity is actually very very low as compared to the other products in the firmament uh, now look at the other one which is uh, you are you have decided that okay i want a advisor now because i am now into serious wealth i am go- going into that zone where there is substantial amount of growth and there is uh, going to be substantial amount of growth in the future as well and i need a uh, need a proper advisor to take care of my portfolio now the the customer and the advisor together will have to decide what is appropriate to move from uh, regular to direct okay the advisor can always uh, take the call that okay fine some of the portions of the regular plan you continue to keep it there because it is anyway doing well and the difference between regular and direct is not very significant so this is another side light that i want to point out in the article that you have written uh, you people have written is uh, 2% and 1% is what you have assumed roughly a 1% difference but actually if you were to look at the individual plans it is not really that very high uh in fact if you look at uh, for example icca pro blue chip the difference between a regular plan and a direct plan is about 0.57 not even 1 and if you are doing 
it is not even 1% so if you are going for a passive fund like for example hdfc uh, nifty 50 uh, index fund the difference is only 0.2% per annum so it is it is not the impact cost is not really much okay it, not in all cases yes uh, the 1% comes in the case of mirai asset large cap fund there is roughly 0.99% currently there is a difference which is about 1% so that is also there but it is not the case in all cases so where i'm coming uh, to is that when you want to shift if the impact cost is not really that very high okay you can continue to stay in a regular plan if it is doing well because the impact cost is anyway not really that very high and if uh, uh, it makes sense for you to move from a regular to a direct because the portfolio anyway is not really performing that very well you can uh, really do so essentially what we are talking about is the remuneration that you are paying okay now if you are able to agree with that particular advisor that okay i have certain portions in the regular plan and that you need to give advice for as long but you charge for my direct plan and as as long as they are able to agree uh, and it is an advice portfolio then it's absolutely fine yeah yeah so uh, important thing to note here is that uh, there will be a tax implication when you shift and it's important to calculate that but uh, even more important uh, not even more important but what we uh, missed in the article was uh, there is uh, a difference of the exp- uh, ex- expenditure in direct to regular plan for each and every mutual fund so when you decide to shift from a regular to a direct plan you have to check the expense ratio difference uh, for each and every fund and decide accordingly and if there is not a huge difference then maybe you can consider just staying put in the regular plan uh, i i think that's what suresh you're saying right yeah yeah so i mean uh, on a case by case basis i mean i'll flip the argument over uh, that is exactly what i said you can flip the argument over if there is not too much of a difference you can move to a direct plan also because ultimately you have to move to a direct plan if the difference is only 0.2 or 0.3 regular plan or direct plan in any case it is not going to really make too much of a difference to you and ultimately the advisor will have to take over they will have to maintain the portfolio and think like that see as far as the, you have to understand that uh, especially if the advisor is going to charge on a asset under advice basis they will need to bring the assets under their advice i mean they cannot charge on regular plans okay as per the sebi regulation they can charge only on direct plan because rightfully so sebi uh, has uh, considered that uh, customers should be made to pay either through commission or through fees it cannot be both it's not fair so uh, at some point in time if you are having an advisor you will have to shift to a direct plan because otherwise it will not be remunerative for the advisor so flipping that argument i mean you can switch from a, a regular plan to a direct plan if the impact cost is actually very low and you can of course decide on when to shift uh, between your advisor so that is what i would suggest yeah and um, another point i think we talked about earlier is if the fund is actually not performing that well then you should not procrastinate on you know just uh yeah Absolutely. just holding on to the fund you can just shift to another fund and you can invest directly uh, from that product yeah so uh, just expanding on that so there are there have been situations where the difference between a bad performing fund or a fund which is lagging and a good performing fund in the same category can be as high as maybe 7-8% also. So there is no point in persisting with a fund which for some reason is not really performing that very well. 
so but uh, suresh we talked about this outside the podcast on a call uh, would you like like to highlight this one point once more that if you decide to shift from a regular to a direct plan you pay the uh, capital gain tax uh, imme- immediately and the amount of tax that goes out you're losing uh, on the compounding effect of that uh, you know particular am- amount so can could you please explain and you know uh, uh, let our users know how to decide on uh, how to understand this part so the larger context as i mean uh, what you said is factually correct i entirely agree with that that had we not cashed out had we allowed that amount to just compound and it would have grown to a much higher amount over a period of 5 years 7 years 10 years whatever period after which we are uh, taking out so there is a there is definitely a benefit uh, in terms of staying in that particular uh, fund so but that again has to come based on the larger picture which we want to have as far as our wealth and uh, portfolio if we uh, find that that particular uh, scheme is anyway not doing well okay so like we discussed earlier there is a very clear case there is no point in actually delaying that because there is going to be a huge lag Uh, in the performance of that particular scheme vis-a-vis another scheme which may be there in that particular subcategory itself the second thing is when uh, uh, when we look at uh, many of the portfolios of our clients the the schemes themselves are inappropriate like for example somebody has gone into let us say some sectoral and thematic funds however uh, however good they may be if it is inappropriate for their particular situation Uh, we cannot really advise any client to continue with that just because it is doing uh, well so there are multiple situations where we will have to ask people to unbundle their portfolio like we have uh, uh, come across uh, people who are uh, in, into that 70s who are having uh, let us say small cap and uh, other aggressive elements in their uh, portfolio which is not really very appropriate and when we talk to them we understand that they really do not have the risk profile they have chosen those funds because i mean it had a lot of stars behind it and the uh, performance at some uh, point in time was very very attractive so if it's an inappropriate risk that they are taking obviously we cannot we have to take the call to exit irrespective of the so called compounding effect which can happen so we, it has to be a calibrated call we really cannot uh, uh, i mean we can really cannot generalize uh, that particular statement yeah that's true that's true so a uh, lot of people when they when they say they know how to invest and stuff they simply uh, mean to say that they invest based on past performance so uh, the highest performing mutual fund in the past one year were the small cap mutual funds and all we can see by the data also that they are getting the highest inflow and lot of people just base their decision on past performance and you know how many how many stars they get as review but uh, yeah that is not the correct way to you know and uh, sachin i mean uh, we have to look at the appropriate uh, yeah, as far as uh, suitability advisors are concerned we are, the portfolio has to be appropriate to your situation like for example take the case of that 70 year old person see if they have a portfolio which is say 80 90% in equity it's obviously an inappropriate portfolio for a uh, for a 70 year old even assuming they have a very high risk capacity uh, because of their wealth they may have uh, maybe 20 30 crores wealth so they can potentially take a higher return uh, sorry higher risk but still uh, inappropriate portfolio like 80 90% in equity and which we see lot of times uh, so that has to be redone so it it cannot wait because of uh, compounding benefits that will accrue to them 
or because of any tax advantages that we can see and think like that i mean we will have to do it post haste in those cases yeah talking about this uh, this person who is 70 years old let's talk about that funds now so we have talked about shifting from a regular to a direct plan of a equity mutual fund but you know suresh if you could just you know uh, list the implication of shifting a debt fund from a direct to a regular plan now yeah so as far as uh, the debt funds are concerned uh, we know that from 1st april 2023 uh, the tax situation has changed completely in the sense that uh, once upon a time it used to be up to 36 months you have to pay the normal tax and beyond that 36 months with indexation you pay 20% tax which after uh, uh, you work out effective tax used to come in single digits for most part it used to come in single digits now that situation has dramatically changed and if you happen to be in the 30 33% tax bracket you will be paying that much tax now so the situation has dramatically changed and uh, the more pertinent question for our uh, viewers is that uh, if you have had uh, Uh, if you have a debt mutual fund which has been invested prior to 1st april 2023 the tax benefits continue and the dilemma is even more heightened in the case of uh, shifting that uh, from uh, i mean uh, whichever regular to direct or whichever way because you will be losing the tax advantage it is not about regular and direct it is about the tax advantage which is extremely extremely beneficial because here we are talking about let us say 8% versus 30% 33% okay whereas in the case of a regular and direct we are talking about uh, uh, 20 basis point 40 basis point 50 basis points so i mean that is that is very minuscule as compared to the tax implication so uh, we have to be very very careful we have to be very mindful of this particular factor one of the things which uh, i would uh, say i mean there are multiple things which we can do as far as this is concerned uh, you have to talk to a proper advisor Uh, and then appropriately uh, see whether it makes sense for you to uh, keep that for a longer period of time in my opinion as far as uh, uh, any any funds which have been invested prior to 1st april 2023 i as an advisor would whether it is a direct or a regular i would want to keep it for the longest possible time uh, i say longest possible time because Excellent. investments have been done with a particular uh, particular mandate i mean with the particular view at some point in time you may have your daughter's education coming up or something else coming up so at that time you will require the money at that time you have to irrespective of the taxation or the taxation loss you are going to make uh, you will have to uh, uh, cash out from that fund which is advantageous to you from a tax point of view so i would want to postpone this to the maximum extent possible especially in the case of a debt mutual fund the exceptions to that is if a particular fund is doing uh really badly in your overall portfolio we have no other option or if something is really coming up uh, right here and now like for example somebody uh, decides to go for a house for buying a house in that particular situation i mean uh, you know how it is uh, as far as buying a house is concerned in any part of india today we are really talking about uh, 70 lakhs 80 lakhs 1 crore or more so a big portion of your portfolio may go into that so then we really cannot talk about tax efficiencies and things like that we may have to take out maybe 30 40 lakhs or maybe more and from that point of view we will be i mean we cannot really talk about any other thing we take out that uh, money and use it for that but if it is not that i would want to delay it as much as possible because of the tax advantages yeah 
so for uh, you uh, for listeners who uh, was not able to comprehend this so what suresh is trying to say and correct me suresh if i'm wrong also there that uh, while shifting from a uh, uh, one equity fund to another equity fund that is from that can be from one fund to the other fund or whether it is from a, a regular to a direct plan uh, equity funds do not charge a very high amount of interest uh, sorry uh, amount of tax but in the case of that mutual fund the tax implication is very high so you really need to uh, you know put in a lot of thought uh, in the case of that mutual fund that is the broad takeaway right absolutely absolutely you you really have to think and if you have an advisor i mean uh, talk to the advisor understand the implication they will be able to actually work out and also tell you whether it is really advantages to shift at this point in time or at what point you should actually uh, shift if at all so suresh this, this this is a uh, you know a very uh, not very complex but lot of people might have you know many more questions some detail here and there can some of them you know just you know ping you on twitter or something and just clarify some of the doubt in case if somebody has you know uh is not able to sure sure, sure. no problem at all yeah i think you can find suresh just by typing his name on twitter right yeah yeah, yeah. So Suresh, uh, before you know, you uh, uh, we'll we'll let you go off the podcast. So, <laughs> can you recommend for our listeners few books or podcasts or movies that uh, he or she can you know look up to understand how to properly plan their finances? So one 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 book maybe one podcast maybe or one any anything. Uh, see, as far as podcasts are concerned, I think uh, HT Smartcast. You people are doing a lot of podcasts, and uh, uh, the listeners now, I think, uh, they will be going through the podcast. So, uh, I think HT Smartcast uh, or the Lightmind podcast, which you people are doing, itself actually has a wealth of information which uh, uh, listeners can actually benefit from. And as far as uh, movies are concerned, there are there are interesting movies. I mean, uh, I don't know whether it will be. truly educational or not but uh, there are many movies which uh, have come especially uh, uh, in hollywood which are pertaining to what has happened uh, in 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 those jurisdictions uh, in various contexts like moneyball uh, but i i don't know whether it is going to be educational it is entertaining and uh, it is going to be uh, it is going to give a flavor of what happens uh, sometimes but uh, in one sense it is also a negative portrayal of uh, people to a great extent because only the extreme cases are actually taken up and uh, uh, i mean made into a movie right so i mean a lot of times unfortunately it is the people who have uh, who are uh, uh, transgressed the law so it is those kind of people so they will get a probably a wrong impression of uh, all the people operating in the financial services space but there are multiple movies the wolf of wall street moneyball there are many many movies uh, uh, like that uh, i mean if you just search for one movie you will get lot of a lot of such uh, recommendations and as far as books are concerned i mean um, there are lots of investment books which i mean many of you might have read uh, like uh, books by uh, peter lynch and uh, warren buffett and uh, uh, there is this book by uh, uh, there is this dando investor Morning which power, right? uh, are 
my favorite has uh, written so those kind of books uh, monica monica halan has written a, a good good book on financial planning i have written a yeah. book on uh, financial planning. there are many many <laughs> books on financial planning and personal finance which are available if you just go to amazon and uh, type personal finance or financial planning there will be dozens of books both by indian authors and by authors from uh, across the world uh, which will be available there is no one particular book or uh, from which you can actually get all the wisdom so this is a ongoing process you cannot rely on one book and you have to keep on reading so that you yeah. brought it so with that suresh thank right. you for coming to this episode and um, hope to see you in some other episode again thanks sachin for inviting me i hope it it has been useful for our uh, listeners that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic then you can reach out to me on twitter i go by the username @sachinnj or linkedin using my full name that is sachin ningthao khongjam we would be happy to take your suggestions that's all from our side thanks for tuning in see you in the next episode Stay updated on this podcast. Follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 